You're listening to the Heart and Hustle podcast. We are your hosts, Evie McLeod and Lindsay Roman. All right, calling all entrepreneurs and or human beings who have ever dreamed of becoming a business owner or an entrepreneur someday. If you have ever felt like, man, I just wish somebody would hand me a cheat sheet to all the things I should learn or keep in mind on this journey, well that cheat sheet has arrived. (laughs) Today, we are sharing lessons that we've learned from our years of business. Some of these we've learned the hard way, like, ouch, yikes, Mm, didn't feel good. And others, by the grace and goodness of God, He has led us to discover the easy way at just the right time. Truly, that is all credit to the Lord because I don't think we can take credit for figuring some of this out the right way. Anyways, if we could just sit down together, like you, the listener, right now, right here, if Lindsay and I could just sit with you on a couch in a living room, sipping some tea or coffee or whatever, and share our top 10 things that we want you to know, mistakes to avoid, all of that. Like, I wish somebody had done that with us. I wish we had had that cheat sheet. And so that is why we are talking today. That is what is in this episode. It's a list of the 10 things that we think every entrepreneur should know before they start their journey and the things that we wish we had learned. So we hope this episode just shares encouragement and guidance and truth. And as we all navigate this entrepreneurial journey together, so without further ado, let's get started. You're listening to the Heart and Hustle podcast with Evie Rupp and Lindsay Roman, two photographers turned entrepreneurs and founders of the Heart University. If you're a creative entrepreneur or a motivated dreamer wanting to make the most of your life, this podcast is for you. Each week, Evie and Lindsay bring you actionable tools to uplevel your business and life. So if you're ready to step up to the plate and pursue your God-given potential, you're in the right place. You're ready to live your life and run your business to its fullest? Then buckle up, because here are your hosts, Evie and Lindsay. All right, party people, we are wasting no time. We're just diving straight on in. Let's go. I don't Let's know what, what that accent was, but... I don't know. That was an interesting... It wasn't even an accent. It was just like a voice. It was just like a voice. It was like a... <laughs> Actually, you know what it is? This is what it is. I just listened to The Great Alone by Kristen Hanna on audiobook. Oh, wait. Okay, I have a follow-up. This is absolutely not even include, like <laughs> related to this. Remember a while ago back in, I think, I don't know when it aired, but we did an episode. Everyone that listens to every single episode, you will know. We did an episode on uh, how to become a better reader. Oh, yeah, yeah. And we talked about audiobooks that I specifically said. Oh, yeah. I, you were like, I don't listen to fiction books. Yes. I cannot get in the, the mood. Because in my, in my brain, audiobooks are more like a podcast if it's like a nonfiction. Like no. the, In my brain, it feels like that. Okay, so, so I just you listen to an audiobook? So, yes. Did you so like listen, it? Listen, y'all. First of all. <laughs> this is so off topic. It's so off topic. It's fine. We'll read it back. Um, but The Great Alone by Kristen Hanna, phenomenal. Eddie, phenomenal. Okay. I, it, did you already recommend it to me? Mm, no, mm. you don't like super dark. It it doesn't go super uh, well. Mm, nope, can't do it. You're no, hesitating, which means no, I no. can't do it. <laughs> no, no, no. I think you would really like it. I think you would like it because it's not a thriller. It's not. It's like a. It's like a. Is it like heavy? No, nah, mm, no. Okay, very short. So not. This is so off topic. Oh my god. Um, <laughs> Wait, should we save this for like a friend chat and get to the no, point? No, they're okay. here for this. They are here for the goods. <laughs> you are stuck, friends. <laughs> um, the, it's about like a family 
of like just like a uh, husband, wife, and their daughter, Lenny, and she's like 11. And the husband went to the Vietnam War. This is like in the 1980s, I think. And he went to the Vietnam War, is like a, was a prisoner of war, I think. I can't remember. Basically, the Vietnam War like messed him up, right? Okay. And so he came back and he just is like struggling as a father, as a husband. Yeah, I don't and think so, I, no. No, no, listen. No. Okay, now, mm, now that I'm verbally You know this, me. You, I know, but it's that's so what I'm good. saying. If you're hesitating he, on, for me, he, it's a no. They're in Seattle. He uproots the family and was like, we're going to go live off the land in Alaska. Anyways, okay, neither here nor there if you read it. <laughs> what I'm saying is I listened to that audiobook and the voice that I just did at the beginning of this that got us off on this four-minute long tangent, it's not four minutes, but was the the voice of like, one of the old like general store workers in that audiobook. It was like, oh, hello, Lenny. How are you? The <laughs> voice actress was so good. Okay. See, okay. I'm, can't do you now understand why I love fiction books on audiobook yes, depending yes, on it depends on it the, depends on the narrator. Agreed. If it's I a good realize, narrator, oh. I didn't realize that uh voice actors or, or readers or whatever you want to call them for audiobooks, they do different voices for every single yes. character. It's like a play. I cannot believe you didn't know. <laughs> but I, okay, I think also I grew up, this is so off topic. I grew up on cassettes, like book on cassettes. Every time our family would take a road trip, was, which was at least like once or twice a year, That's we listened to audiobooks. Okay, I did not do that. So I grew okay. up knowing that. So that shocks me that like you did not realize nope. that a voice narrator like makes distinctions. They, like, it's like they immersive. bring it to life. Yes. The it fact is so that she good. could distinguish this, this, this audio, whatever, for the great alone, she could distinguish between like multiple, like old grandpa characters. Yes. yes. I was like, what? Anyways, one of them was like this. Okay. <laughs> Let's get to the actual freaking so now, point of why somebody now, actually clicked on this episode. Now that you have gotten a sneak peek into the most <laughs> random friend conversation between Lindsay and I. That's really what this podcast is actually, for, y'all. We give you life and girl chats mixed with business, entrepreneurship, <laughs> oh strategies. Let's go. Gosh. Well, actually, yeah. Let's get started. One of the points relates really well to At this. the beginning... Literally at the beginning, I go, we're diving straight on in. And then we and did then absolutely minutes nothing. later, like the most random five-minute detour. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, now we are actually truly getting started. And we are about to share 10 things that we wish we knew. And we are going to rapid fire them. So Lindsay, yeah. want to start All us right. off? Number one, the thing that I wish someone would have been like, get your act together, woman, do this at the very beginning, is to register your business and open up a business bank account. Now, you might be like, yep. oh, that's not that's not sexy. Like that's just boring. Well, that's the point is because <laughs> you might not want some logistics, but you, that's what you're going to need. Right. Because mm -hmm. especially if you're in a creative industry, like you don't want to think of like, Oh, I don't want to do that. Like that sounds legal and hard. Do it. You can do hard things and you're, well, I'm snapping at you. <laughs> let me also say it might sound hard to get this all set up, but let me tell you from personal experience, if you do not, it will be worse. Like it, that's it's, true so much worth or so much what am I trying to say worse more worthwhile oh. I don't remember what I'm trying to I, the point is do it <laughs> well and I would say do it if you're committed to making this a business like if you're just like doing something that's purely a side hobby and you know you're not making like hardly anything and like you're you're mostly doing something just for fun then okay 
but if you if you're actually wanting to like get legit and yeah. and have this be a business, then just go, go for it. Like yeah. open up an LLC or a sole proprietorship. And if you're like, wait, what? How do I do that? Go check out episode 23 with lawyer Paige Griffith. She's insane. She's brilliant. Um, and just all of her content, honestly, on her podcast, on her blog, on her yep. YouTube, go follow and consume her stuff because yep. she will help you out a ton. Um, but basically separating your business finances from your personal finances and opening up that bank account at the beginning is smart and will help just with taxes and everything from the beginning. Let me just say from personal experience, I did not do that. The first uh, one or two years of business and tax season was literal hell on earth. Like I was crying out for the Lord to come down and have a second coming because it was hell. (laughs) So I do not recommend. I mean, I printed out like every freaking bank statement and was using a highlighter to go through and highlight what I was like personal versus like business. personal versus business. It was hell. Do not and do if that. You just please. have your own bank account for all the business stuff. It's very, simple. yep. I just, well, I, I don't want to say that taxes are simple because they're not, but simpler, simpler. Okay, okay. Well, all of that actually leads us perfectly into the second thing we wish we knew, which is do not avoid the financial side of things. Like mm. it's very easy to, you know, start your business and to be like, oh, I don't need to open a separate bank account. Oh, I don't need to think about taxes. Oh, I don't need to, you know, no profit and loss statements. I'm just a small business owner, whatever. Like if you avoid it, it makes a big mess. I mm. like guarantee that. It's not going to just disappear and all problems will be solved by hiding your head in the sand. I have yeah. learned that the hard way. Um, it's just, it's very easy to feel overwhelmed by finances, but if you are a business owner, you have to have at least like a, a medium of understanding, like like an intermediate grasp of finances, investing, taxes, all of it. Um, so what we recommend is read books on it. We highly recommend Profit First. We had the author on the show on episode 61. Go listen to that. It's amazing. Um, as well as books like Rich Dad, Poor Dad, Financial Peace. There are a lot of great financial like books out there for you to really begin to grasp stuff like this. And I would really recommend doing the work to understand what's going on, especially if finances and numbers are not your initial strong suit, which for a lot of creatives, it is not our, our initial strength. We are literally preaching to ourselves, right? Like yes. you are looking at people that like, like to think they're financially savvy, but we are like, no, that is not our creative zone. Like it takes work for us. Yes. To understand finances and to stay on top of it. And we And have, it's so easy for me and I know Evie too, like to just be like, oh, I don't wanna, I don't wanna deal with that. I would yeah. rather make reels. Yeah. <laughs> like that's right. <laughs> oh, uh, just so you know, also marriage is a great opportunity to find somebody who has a great strength in that area who can handle some of that for you. Not necessarily in relationship to him. <laughs> But Landon now like handles a lot of just the back end of like bills and like, man, I just, I just don't, I'm all on board for like helping create the budget, but I don't want to be tracking it every month and like seeing where it's at. Like he can handle that. Mm, (laughs) It's not my strength. (laughs) Beautiful. I guess along with that, I would recommend like opening up a QuickBooks account and actually learn how to read your profit and loss statements um, and then learn how to make like, you know, wise financial decisions when it comes to your business, because you ultimately at the end of the day are the CEO, you are the head honcho. And it's up to you whether you sink or swim. Um, yeah. 
Well, with that, that you could, oh, you were going to say. Well, yeah, yeah, I was going to say with that, like we both have invested in financial advisors to help us both in business finances as well as personal, just making sure we're having external, like wise, experienced input in the financial area. Like we are constantly learning to grow and improve and learn more. But that also, like we said, this finances and numbers are not our natural, like, we yeah. could sit and look at profit and loss sheets all day long and walk nope. away feeling inspired. Like, no, that's I not want no part of that. <laughs> so getting somebody like a financial advisor to help you like see futuristically and know yeah. the numbers and like work through them, that's also really huge. Mm. All right. Number three, the thing that we wish we would have known. Start with one thing at a time. And I'm talking to you, multi-passionate people. Yes. I am talking, <laughs> I mean, to ourselves, yes. <laughs> she goes, I'm very- talking to you and we point to ourselves. <laughs> If you have 5 million dreams that you want to do, uh, first of all, rock on to you. There are some people out there that don't know what they want to do, which is not a bad thing either. But if you specifically are like, I know what I want to do. I want to do this, 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 and this, 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 then that was, <laughs> that was interesting. Um, then I want th- this if it is for you. Don't do them all at once. You're going to burn no. yourself out. Yep. You're going to be discombobulated. You're going to be a freaking like cat chasing out everything in the alley. I don't know where that analogy came, but basically start with one thing that you're passionate about and that you want to cultivate or a business that you want to start and get really good at that thing. Start building that before moving on to something else or or pivoting or splitting your business focus into multiple things or offering. That's why, I mean, that kind of goes under the principle of like niching. That's why that's so important is because when you're first building something, you have to have a focus. You can't just be discombobulated because it won't be clear what people like it won't be clear what you do. And then that won't translate to people understanding what you do and how that helps them, therefore to buy your product or service. Well, and the thing with this too is if your business is not already well-established and kind of self-sufficient, whether you've built out a team or it's more automated or whatever that looks like, if you're still in like, the hustle and grind period of like building and establishing and like solidifying a business, you turn your attention to something else, stuff is going to start exploding around you. Yeah, like that's true. You you have to make sure it is in a stable, like self-sufficient spot where you then have the energy and capacity to go to something else. And Sometimes that takes a year. Sometimes that takes 10 years. It just totally depends on your business model. It depends on a lot of different factors. But... um just don't try to do everything at once because it will end in yeah mess. <laughs> Which I know that like hurts the soul of the multi-passionate listener that's listening to this, but it doesn't mean you can never do all the things that you want to do. It just means do them one at a time. Yeah. I love it. Okay. Next thing, number four is to start before you feel fully ready or qualified. And this is so key because mm-hmm. I think this is one of the biggest like obstacles that a lot of us feel is that like, oh, I have to feel totally prepared and fully qualified and like totally equipped in order to I think that's where imposter syndrome also sneaks in. Absolutely. It's like, it's like, oh, I'm not qualified to be in this room or to send yeah. that email. I mean, like even like with us just talking about finances, like you just heard from us who have multiple companies over multiple years in multiple like six and seven figures who are sitting here being like, we still are not pros at finances. Like it is not our strength. It's not our bent. Like you do not have to be a financial guru in order for you to start a business. You do not have to like be perfect or fully ready or fully qualified. Like, yes, maybe be intentional with what you're learning and, you know, put in the work, but you're never going to be fully ready in the way that your brain is tricking you into thinking you should be. Like, mm. that's the bottom line. You're never going to get to this place where you're like, all right, 
I feel total preparation and peace and nothing will possibly go wrong now. I've spent 55 years learning X, Y, and Z. Like, that's just not going to happen. So just start. Like, none of the people that you look up to and admire who are successful, who, you know, are living fulfilled lives or have, you know, wonderful companies or families or whatever it is that you look up to, most often they did not have all of their ducks in a row before they began. Like, Mm -hmm. that's just not how it happened. They just started. I mean, if you think, if you just sit there waiting for perfection to strike or waiting for something to be absolutely perfect, you're never going to get there. So just start imperfect and all. And I mean, an example is we had maybe like two to three years of photo, like photography wedding experience before we started The Heart, which at, at the very beginning was photography workshops for other elopement and wedding photographers. Yeah. And neither of us had 10,000 followers before we launched our first workshop. Like, like right. you don't have to have all these numbers or things in a row to be like, I'm now prepared and ready. Well, <laughs> we've never, we've never, we were not experienced in the event industry. We've never hosted a boutique retreat like that. We'd yeah. never done it. We just did it. We jumped and we learned along the way. And yeah. everybody, I could name a million examples of doing that. This podcast is a great one. Um, but I just want to end like this point with saying God does not call the qualified. He qualifies the called. And that I did not obviously come up with that. That's like a pretty popular phrase out there, but it's so important because if you feel God calling you to do something, to a dream, to a goal, to a career, to a a decision that that he has for you, and you feel unequipped or like God made made a mistake with, with calling you to do that. No, he did not. Like, first of all, God does not make mistakes. We do. Um, (laughs) Second of all, like, lean into that because you do not have to be perfectly qualified in order to do something. Yeah. And I will also say there is such beauty and strength from recognizing that you don't have everything and leaning on the Lord who does have everything. So anyways, number five on things we wish we knew when we first started, more is not better. Like Mm. don't lose your soul trying to get the quote unquote more. Like Oh, I feel like this is one of the biggest pitfalls, especially I think in the female entrepreneurship space where like we feel like there's always more out there. Like there's something else. There's something better. There's something more. There's more money. There's more clients. There's more followers. There's just more. The thing I would say to that and to my younger self is like, make sure you know the why behind like, you're why you're doing something and not just doing it for the sake of doing it. Like, yeah. like for example, if your financial goal, like your ultimate dream, let's say you are a wedding photographer, because I know this is pretty common. Let's say you're a wedding photographer and your financial end goal for your business, like this would mean that you've made it and this is the more is to make like a hundred thousand, like six figure year. I would challenge you to ask yourself why? Like, do you actually need or want that number? And what is that goal ultimately aligned with? Which will get us into point number six. But at the end of the day, you know, having a goal or a dream of making six figures and a hundred thousand a year and everything is not a bad thing um, by any means. But why? Are you just blindly being like, oh, because so-and-so down the street, a photographer said she just hit six figures and wow, that sounds really shiny and flashy and awesome to me. But are you in a season of mothering like four children and Mm. you want to be fully present in their life and making six figures is going to mean sacrificing your time with your kids and your family life in this, you know, growing season. And that's not your actual 
goal. Like just, I just want to encourage you and my past self and my current self and Lindsay and everyone here, just pause a little bit on the more that you want and ask yourself why. Like always ask the, why do I want that? Why am I striving for that? Why is that important to me? Because I I think think it so much of life. Like it, it, like literally so like we're always chasing more. We're chasing more money, more followers, mm-hmm. more fame, more recognition, yeah. more clients. Like, and not yeah. that some of those mores are bad, but I love that you just said that of like recalibrating to yeah. why. Yeah. Like, why do I need more? Why do I need 50,000 followers? Why do I need 100,000 followers? Yeah. If I'm having, like if I'm a wedding photographer and I have 30 wedding clients a year, that's great. Like yeah. wh- why? Just yeah. stroke my ego? Yeah. Mm. Ooh, that's okay. good. Well, I think that gets us, right into point six, which I'll let Lindsay cover, but it's, first of all, having a why, but secondly, like revisit that why regularly. Like I would encourage on a weekly, like I do it every week when I sit down to my to-do list and like prepare to start into a new week, I'm revisiting like, why am I doing all of this? What is the ultimate goal? Where, what are my one, five, 10 year goals? Like I revisit all of it at the beginning of a week, at the beginning of a month, quarter, annually, like regularly looking back to what is the ultimate vision here? Well, because I think when you are doing your, obviously lofty goals, yes, big, calibrate those to be your why or to have a why behind your goals. But when it comes down to the nitty gritty, like daily tasks that can feel mundane or tiring, or it's like, oh, I have to prepare my taxes, right? Because we hate taxes. It's like, well, why am I doing that? What is, what am I stewarding and cultivating by doing this task? on on my list that I may or may not want to do. Um, So just regularly revisiting your why. And I say with that, like having a big picture vision, not just for your business, but also for you, your life, your legacy, your family, your purpose, like are your business decisions aligned with that? That especially if you're a partnership like me and Evie, like with the heart, like we had to get clear on like, how, how are we cultivating our own legacies and our own family lives and our own personal lives in conjunction with the heart. And Mm -hmm. does that go in line with both of what we're doing separately? Yeah. And I guess, for example, if your goal is to create a life that you love, that allows you to have freedom to be with your family or financial provision to go on trips or anything like that, but then you're working 24 seven and you're stressed and you're hustling, like, and you're, you're like just grinding it out. Like, are you actually aligned with your entire why behind what you're doing? Because those two things don't necessarily go hand in hand. Because I think a lot of us start our business to have that time freedom to go to park with our families on like a Friday at 2 p.m. because we don't have to be working. Like if we had a corporate job, like that's a huge reason why somebody starts their own business. But then I think when that happens, which we'll get into this in future points, but when that happens, we get sucked into like the hustle of the grind of just like we get sucked into, even even if we love what we're doing. I think so often me and Evie, like when our when we started really like launching in our photography business, like you love it. You genuinely mm-hmm. love it. And so you want to do it all the time. And that's not bad in and of itself. But when you're working like 20-hour days, maybe 20 is aggressive, but maybe not. Um, (laughs) If you're working that much, but yet your why and your priority of why you started your business in the first place was to be home with your family and your kids, there's not alignment there. Like there's, there's, that's conflict. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I think to go into this, having community is huge in that and people who can kind of help you. That leads so convenient. <laughs> Did you do that on purpose? Well, kind of. <laughs> I kind of let us kind of strategic. Kind of led us into our next point. But having people who can 
like align under come alongside of your why and your vision and and understand what you're doing yeah. and to process it and to be on this journey with you and you know there have been times where I'm like in a totally like hustle lack scarcity mindset or something and I'll be talking to one of my friends and like processing with them and all of a sudden like one of them will be like um hey Evie so um Get joyish together. You are way off track. And it's just, it's so good. It's just, yeah. those people are so important. So that's number seven, like 10 things we wish we knew. That's number seven is your business besties and like life people are irreplaceable, especially mm. in like people who understand your business and what you're doing and what you're working towards. Like entrepreneurship can be really lonely and really isolating if you don't have those people. If you have those people, it is the most amazing community and connection and like life-giving people to be with. But if you do not have them, it can be really frustrating. So reach out if you don't have those people, like connect with other small business owners, like be intentional with cultivating friendships with other entrepreneurs and people who get it. Like put in the F word, F, F word, effort, network. Put in the F word. So it sounds like you said. No, I, it was a mixture of effort and network because I was flowing into network. Um, put in the effort, (laughs) network and go to, you know, things and events and places where you can meet other like business owners, like conferences and workshops and courses with Facebook groups, meetups, um, as well as just like on social media, if you see somebody that you like, like start engaging with them, DM them, reach out, you know, just okay, those people are Can amazing. I stress that? Literally, genuinely, yeah. almost every single... Oh, I dare I say, almost every single entrepreneur friend I have, I, I almost think came from Instagram. Well, I, you and I came from Instagram. Yeah. Jordan, like, Jordan, Jordan came from Instagram. Like, if I start listing all of our like besties a lot that we've never met in person because yeah. we met on Instagram. Yep, that's true. Mm. Did you know that the number one type of post that does the best on the gram is photos of yourself? And it's not just Instagram. Sharing photos of you on social media, your blog, your website, etc., instantly creates connection with your ideal client. And if you own a business or market products or services online, you need to have regular content photos of yourself, period. But I'm going to take a wild stab in the dark and guess that you struggle with sharing photos of yourself, right? You know you probably should be posting yourself more, but you struggle feeling confident in doing that because you don't know the first thing about how to take content photos of yourself. Ones that leave you feeling confident and help your ideal client relate and connect with you. If you've been nodding your head to all of that, like, yup, Lindsay, Evie, that's me, I need help, then we have the solution to your problem. And that's introducing the content photo miner. Yes. In this mini course, we take you step-by-step through conceptualizing, planning, and styling a content photo shoot all the way to the final product of posing and actually taking those photos of yourself for your brand and your business. We teach you how to plan style outfits, scout locations, get good light and color match for your outfits, how to do self-portraits of yourself with a tripod, and posing tips to know in order to get content photos that feel authentic to who you are and connect with your audience. Now, to grab this mini course, go to theheartuniversity.com forward slash content dash minor. If you've been holding off on sharing you with your audience because you just don't know how to get started, we got you covered. One more time, that's theheartuniversity.com forward slash content dash minor. Are you in a crazy busy season of life? My hand is raised. Whether you are a mom or an entrepreneur or maybe even both, if you have a lot on your plate, but you're also still trying to eat healthy and nourish your body, my friend, we have a treat for you today. 
Evie and I have been loving Daily Harvest lately. In case you're not familiar with the brand, Daily Harvest helps you stock your home with clean, delicious food delivered to your door that's built on real fruits and vegetables and ready to enjoy in minutes. We have been loving the freedom of having delicious, healthy food at our fingertips in the midst of our busy days. Yes, and everything they make is free of refined sugars, gluten, fillers, preservatives, or anything artificial. They have everything too, from harvest bowls to smoothies to flatbreads to soups to lattes and oat bowls and so much more. It's a lot. And it's all freaking delicious. So if you're ready to save hours of time while still fueling your body with clean, delicious food, then you can get $25 off your first box with code HEART. Go to daily-harvest.com and use the code HEART for $25 off. That's the word right right there. I so love good. it. Number so eight. Good. You got it, Lens. Yep. Number eight. This is a good one. This is spicy. Screw people's opinions of you. The only one that matters is God's. Now, you might have heard that, but we're just going to hammer it home because, again, <laughs> 10 things we wish we knew starting out, especially as an entrepreneur, as you grow, as you get more successful or, or just more eyes on you or your business, you are going to get slammed. Mm-hmm. At, like with people's opinions, good or bad. And one of the biggest roadblocks for just any human is the fear of other people's opinions. And I think this is really big in the creative entrepreneur space because you're gonna see, like I said, like you're gonna see things out there that that you, by nature, with starting a business, you are putting something out in the world, whether it's content, whether it's products, whether it's a service, and there are going to be people, people out there that don't like it. Mm-hmm. And there are gonna be people that say things about that and don't care about what you feel about that comment or that review yeah. or, or whatever. And it can really sting when people maybe don't understand or don't see the value or, or dream of what you're doing or, or they misconstrue your word or your words or something like that. But don't let fear hold you back of like, of, of preventing you from starting the business, of preventing you from doing that post in the first place, of preventing you from doing that podcast, publishing that blog post, putting out that that product or that service. Because if, if that's what you feel God is calling you to do, his yeah. opinion matters so much more than people on the internet. Um, really good example. I'll make this very quick. Uh, the other day I was Googling myself. First of all, never do that. Never, ever, ever, ever <laughs> No, do seriously, that. never do that. <laughs> never do that. Uh, the second thing is on page two. Yes, I. Um, this is embarrassing. I Googled myself and then I went to page two. Why would I go to page two? I don't need to, I don't need to, de- whatever. Anyways, <laughs> page two, I saw a Reddit thread about me. And okay, again, one, don't Google yourself. Two, if you see a Reddit thread about you, do not click it. Don't do not. click it. <laughs> don't ever click it. We have both experienced this. We both clicked it. And uh, it was not fun. It was like 97 comments just like slaughtering me because I posted something like six months ago. So this had been up on the internet for like six, seven months. I just didn't know about it. But they had like slaughtered me because they didn't like something that I posted. And so obviously they took a story that I did, posted it to Reddit on a certain thread and then just like, well, it was just like, it was not uh, fun. I was also literally writing a speech that I was making to high school girls about just like their calling. And I was like, like identity, yeah, worth. identity, <laughs> worth. And I was like, mm, Satan, you are strong tonight. Okay. Um, <laughs> anyways, I say that though, to say like that it may be hurt in the moment to see like certain comments, but I recalibrated and I said, okay, hold on. None of those people know my heart. Mm-hmm. None of those people would ever have the guts to say that to my face. I mean, maybe some of them would, but again, their opinion of me does not matter. Mm-hmm. God's does. He knows your heart. He knows what's in there. He knows the purpose that he has for you. And like, when you focus on that, on on all the good things that people will receive and feel by experiencing mm-hmm. your product or your service or your content, 
that is so much more important than any yeah. negative thing that someone could say about you. Yeah. And with that, I want to just tag on, I, like, do listen to advice and counsel from trusted people. But the yes. reality is, unless they have that stamp of a- approval and authority in your life, like they have that permission to give that input into your life, just put on noise canceling headphones to everyone else and do your thing. Like, there are select people who have input and everyone else can go and, you know, whatever. And actually we, uh, we were having a conversation with Bella Mayo the other day on the podcast. And she said something that was really good. She's like, none of the, her mom said something to her of like, none of these people know you, including the people who like praise your name. And Mm. that was big because that can also be a trap that I think we fall into of like, Oh, people Yes. Like, oh, people see all this stuff of me. People think X, Y, Z people, you know, and then if ever we fail in that area or, you know, feel like we're lacking or are having a tough day or what, whatever, like we feel like we have to live up to these high, high expectations. So yeah. just ignore people's voices, listen to the Lord's and to those people who have that inner like permission, inner, inner circle with you. Mm, so good. So good. All right. Number nine, moving along. There will be seasons in your business that you have to roll with. And I think that's the biggest thing. Like there are hustle seasons, there are rest seasons. And I think this is huge because I feel like there are two extreme camps in entrepreneurship right now that are either very pro-hustle or very anti-hustle. Like hustle is how you succeed is one camp. And the other is like hustle is the devil. And I mean, we named our podcast Heart and Hustle because we believe there is a balance. Mm -hmm. And I, I really truly think there is a season for like working hard, really pushing, whether it's a launch or you're in your first year of business maybe, and you're really just trying to like get your name out there, get it established, all of whatever. Well, I, I also say like when when you say hustle in that regard to us, hustle means working hard, being working in intentionally. Yes, working intentionally, putting yourself out there, sending those emails, even if it scares you, like that's hustle, like putting yourself in opportunities. Yeah. Hustle does not mean like, again, working 20 hours a day, not eating, not sleeping, yeah. not being with your family, which yeah. I think is what people think of when we think of hustle because that's mm-hmm. easily what it can turn into mm-hmm. when you don't have balance. Well, and I think I just want to like, I think I've said this at least once or twice on the podcast before, but I'm just going to say it again. There are seasons within like farming that I think are very applicable. Like God mm-hmm. uses nature and so many different things. Oh, well, seasons, farming. Yeah. Yes. Like seasons of like literally nature, like spring, fall, spring, summer, fall, Rebirth. winter. Yes. That, As, sounds, that sounds fluty <laughs> or like, I don't know woo-woo. what the word is. Woo-woo. Um, I don't mean it in a woo-woo way. I mean, literally re- like a plant. Rebirth. Yes. Like growth. Well, that's what I'm, I'm saying with farming is like there are se- like winter is like a rest season. Like everything is dormant. All the plants, all the growth growth. Farmers are, you know, in, in their cabins, like with all their stuff that they've put up and canned and prepared for the year, whatever. Spring is a planting season. It's a preparation. It's okay. Let's get ready for it. And it's a work season. Summer is a Mm -hmm. bit more of like a rest, put in the maintenance that work. Fall is like harvest, like spring and fall are busy seasons for farmers. And I, I feel like For entrepreneurship, it's very similar. We have to have that balance of like, okay, put in the work, you know, prep the fields, plow, um, pull the weeds, get ready, plant the seeds, all this stuff. And then there needs to be like, a okay, nurturing, maintaining season of like a summer. And then there are fall seasons of like hustle, like work for a lot of our wedding 
industry people who are probably Which is ironic this. because I usually, it actually happens typically in the season of fall. No, that's true. Spring or fall for, for the wedding people is like a big season. And that might be the season where you're shooting weddings every weekend. And, you know, it's a little bit more of a work, a little more hours, a little more effort. You're a little more drained. Like that's a season. And I don't think we should villainize that. I also don't think we should glorify it. So I mm. think there's a balance, but I think if you are not even an entrepreneur yet or like an entrepreneur spirit, but you haven't started, you know, a hobby or a business yet, I just want to make sure you know that like the hustle should never be nonstop, but also the rest should not be like laziness, which I think can almost be the extreme of people who are like anti-hustle. It's like, I'm almost like, well, what do you expect? Like, like in any, like if lifting weights, sometimes you really have to like up the the weight on those like barbells or whatever. And like, mm-hmm. it's a strain to get that up there, but you're growing the muscle. So the next time that, you know, hundred pounds is going to feel way lighter. Like I'm using random analogies, but you get the point. Yeah. <laughs> you get no. it. Well, I would also say in that hustle season, it can be super easy as well to overbook yourself because you're almost on the high of success or of, of getting like all you're like, Oh, it's working. Like my, my effort that I'm putting into this harvest is like actually producing, right. I'm getting booked. I'm getting sales. And I think in that it can be hard to avoid burnout because that's where that leads. If you hustle too hard, if you hustle without stopping, without resting, that does lead to burnout. And I think something that I think we've shared this on the podcast before too, but just because there's a free day in your calendar with no booking or no meeting on it. That does not mean you are free. Yep. That does not mean you are always free. Look at your calendar and actually pay it, especially the photographers out there, just because you don't have a session or a wedding on a day. Like if you had a three-day weekend where you shot, this is aggressive, but like you you shot a wedding on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Maybe, okay, let's give you some, a little bit grace. Maybe you shot Friday, Friday, Saturday, Saturday, right? Friday, Saturday. And Sunday maybe is your rest day, right? And you get an inquiry for that next Monday. Let's think about that. Let's just like think. Let's pause. I know you might want to do it, but can you maybe recommend a different day? Could you maybe recommend the next week? And maybe you can't. Is it the wisest decision to take? And and sometimes, okay, Grace, sometimes maybe depending on your your values and your season that you're in, maybe that is uh, okay to take that session. But think about the backlog that you've just created for yourself in editing and calling and sending the sneak peeks and actually giving those wedding clients a really good client experience. Yeah. You've just now, I, and I, again, we are preaching to the choir. I, is, I've had a season where I literally like went freaking nuts. I went psycho. Like, yeah. I, like free calendar day. Nope. It's free. Yep. Yep. Like it literally. <laughs> um, so just look at your calendar and, and just be, have discernment and be careful on yeah. not overextending yourself during those seasons of hustle. Yeah. Just a quick tip with that. Something that you can intentionally do is go into your calendar and carve out. Like I have stuff in my calendar of like rest day, date day with Landon, you know, X, Y, Z, like going on this rest trip and I'll, I'll block stuff off in my calendar. So it's a lot easier. If you have a VA, they can't Mm -hmm. then, I mean, or yourself if you don't have one, but like you can't. Well, my assistant won't schedule. Yeah. My assistant won't schedule over that, but also it helps me look at my calendar and realize it's not just empty. That Mm. is a strategic and productive rest time or creation time or, you know, refilling time, whatever. So I would, if you really struggle with seeing like an open slot in your calendar and being like, it's available and you consistently notice that you overbook yourself, 
go in and intentionally put stuff in your calendar of like rest. Like right now. Edit day. Yeah. Pause this episode, come back to it and go do it. Yes. Right now. (laughs) Right now. We'll wait. I love we'll it. Wait. Well, all, all that being said, there just know that there are seasons of your business, seasons of, you know, yeah. hustle and seasons of rest. And, and I think that's a very healthy push and pull and, and a balance. Just be aware of what season you're in. Do not try to do hustle nonstop. Also, do not be afraid to put in the work and, you know, see the results from that. Yeah. All right. Number 10, we are here. Now, I want to say this. Um, I know not every single person that listens to this show is a believer. That said, this is 10 things that we wish we would have told ourselves at the beginning when we uh, started our career in entrepreneurship or or our business. And I I would say this is probably the number one that has been huge for us. Yes, it is to keep Jesus in the CEO seat because he is running a company 10 million times better than you ever can. Or like he is running it better than you ever can on your own power and yes. in your own power. Well, I I will, I want to just share, like we are not perfect in this. It, we have uh, consistently, not consistently, we have tried to take the CEO seat back from the Lord. And it was it's usually unintentional. Like our hearts are not like, God, I don't trust you. You're doing it. Right. It's, it's just like, stuff ha- comes up and happens and we get busy and it's a, you know, push season and, and pressures on us. And it's easy for us to be like, oh, oh slide over Jesus. I, I got this. Like, let yeah. me, you know, take control now. And any time we keep Jesus in the CEO seat and are just pursuing him first, our businesses flourish. And like, I don't want to, obviously it takes effort, but things feel so much easier when he is in the CEO seat. Anytime we try to shove him out and grab the wheel and like the reins and take charge, things become so much more difficult and stressful and just messy. So yeah. that just like from personal experience, like anytime Lindsay and I, especially with the heart, like as business partners, anytime we start to feel like the heart is just becoming chaotic internally for whatever reason, we'll kind of like get together and be like, oh, whoopsies. All right, Lord, we need you back. Like CEO, yeah. like come back. So we're not perfect with this, but just we have learned this in the most beautiful ways and the most difficult ways. And it's it's the number one thing for us. It literally is. Also a book that is coming to my mind that we both read, or I read last year and you're reading right now is The Circle Maker yeah. by Mark Batterson. That will wreck you. And it's not a business book. It's a prayer book. It's a book about prayer, but it yeah. literally, like apply it to your business. Yeah. Like apply it obviously to your whole entire life. Yeah. But I think we forget as believers, like God cares about the success of our business. Yeah. He cares about the impact of our business. Yeah. And sometimes his impact and his success or his version of those things doesn't look the same as yours. Yeah. Um, sometimes well, that doesn't necessarily mean money in the bank or clients yeah. in the, in the, what the calendar? Yes, there we go. <laughs> well, the other the other book I would really recommend is uh, Dreaming with God by Bill Johnson. That one's oh, really yes. huge in just like, a lot like revolutionary like I can't talk <laughs> what is the word revolutionary or revolutionizing no is that how do you say that whatever I don't, my know. brain just blanked <laughs> uh revolutionary that's right but, right but I'm trying to say like it's it has been it will revolutionize okay yes that's it, it will revolutionize your business no seriously um I I think like when you are making business decisions, when you are setting goals for your year, when like everything that relates to your business, when you are deciding whether or not to send an email or book a certain client or, you know, invest in X, Y, Z, like education or a mentor or, you know, a new project or whatever. 
first and foremost going to the Lord as if he is truly the final decision maker and the CEO and the one like casting the vision and running the ship. Like he sits in that seat and everything else is aligned and just so beautiful in business. So he is everything that you need to find like peace, joy, success, and purpose in what you're doing. And that sometimes looks totally different and totally better. Like Lindsay and I would never have pictured the heart where it is now when we first started our first workshop. Like we had no clue what we were getting into, but the Lord did. And having Mm -hmm. him run the ship was the biggest and best decision we ever made. As you've been saying this, I feel like we should almost do a solo show on like ha- like how to do that. Like yeah. almost like a solo episode on literally just point number 10. Yep. If you agree with that sentiment, please like let us know, DM us. Um, and like genuinely, like I want to know if, if that's an intrigue. I-, I feel like it is because a lot of you are always like how to, how to like be a believer in business. Yep. Um, and we've had an episode in the past where we shared about like, why we've decided to share that publicly, almost how we just like publicly share our faith while also running a business, but almost like how to actually actively... Like how to have Jesus in the CEO seat and what the structure like looks like. If you want that as a solo show, let us know. Let us know. But okay, real quick, brief review of the 10 things. Number one was to register your business and open up a business bank account. Number two, avoid the financial... Or sorry, don't don't avoid the financial side of things. Do not, do not. (laughs) (laughs) Number three, start with one thing at a time. Number four, start before you feel fully ready or qualified. Number five, more is not better. Don't lose your soul trying to get more. Number six, revisit your why regularly. Number seven, your biz besties are irreplaceable. Number eight, screw people's opinions of you. The only one that matters is the Lord's. Number nine, there will always be seasons in your business. And number 10, keep Jesus in the CEO seat. So good. I hope this episode was just encouraging and fun and just enlightening, uh, truth-filled, whatever adjectives you want to use there. But we are so grateful that you are here. Obviously, we would love to hear from you. Feel free to post in the podcast Facebook group if you are not already in there. Get your butt in there. It is so fun. Such a good community and a great place for you to share what you learn, to discuss and build relationships with other entrepreneurs, all the good stuff. Um, And also feel free to come follow and become friends with us over on Instagram, chat with us, send us a DM. We read pretty much every single one. um, And we love chatting with you and building relationships. Yes. And the links to the Facebook group, as well as our socials are in the show notes. We hope you have a great rest of your day. Go kick some booty, my friend. 